Arousal from Bilam. That's what the Anila Deidi is all about. Let's read quickly again from the beginning, review the points from yesterday in two minutes, and then move forward in the Maimer to today we're going to be getting to the key of the Maimer, which we're going to be building off of for the rest of the week, the whole point of Melech Basada, the king in the field, and uh, elaborating on it as we learn further and further. The Rashatevis of the month Elul, amongst other Psukim, is Ani Ledeidi Vedeidili. And the idea is, what does it mean, Ani Ledeidi Vedeidili? Ki Be'elul Maschu Bechinas Ani Ledeidi. In Elul, the beginning, the starting point. That's not what it means over here in the context of the Mimer, but nevertheless, I'm translating, translating it like that anyways, because really that's the point of the Mimer. The starting point in Elul is Anila Deidi. That's where you start from. You have to start from below. You need to do the work. Elul is about you. That's the point of this Mimer. And everything in the Mimer, the muscle, everything in the Mimer is about that point that Elul is about you. Don't look at anyone else. Don't look to anything else. Just look at you. And you have the Kayach to do it. You're going to accomplish. Ad Rosh Hashanah v'yem Kippurim until you get to Rosh Hashanah v'yem Kippur sheheim b'chinas hamshachas aleikusay yisbarach lemata b'chinas eskalos that that's when there is drawing down godliness in a revealed way into the world. Hiskalos, there's revealed godliness in the world, like we spoke about yesterday, that you feel the energy of godliness in Rosh Hashanah Kippur. Hashem's left hand, that's the strength, the gvura of Hashem, supports me. Hashem's strength is not, is not strict in a negative way. On the constant, on the contrary, Hashem's strength is a support. It's something which gives me energy. Without strength, without guidance, a person is filled. He's wild. He's he's um, not focused. The strength of Hashem is what keeps me where I'm supposed to be. And Hashem's right hand embraces me. The right hand, that's the chesed, the kindness. But the kindness comes after the strictness. From Rosh Hashanah to Yom Kippur is the level of Hashem's left hand. Bechinas, Yira, the level of Yira. As we spoke yesterday, Gili, right? That Yira and Re'ia are the same letters. We see Hashem, and because we see Hashem, that gives us a feeling of awe of Hashem. Which is what allows us to have the Re'ia, and therefore it gives us the Yir'ah. And that's why we focus on Hashem's kingship during this period. Excuse me, which is the same thing, the higher worlds. 
Hamelech Upachtai, even over there, they feel the awe of Hashem. In other words, like we discussed yesterday, they're not too close to feel Hashem's awe. That they receive, they feel Hashem's kingship. The fear of Hashem that we have throughout the year, it's based on Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur. It's from Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur that we're able to do the Aveda that we do during the year with Yer As Hashem. That's how important the Yeras Hashem is. Ki Yeras Hashem va'avasay einoi asuya v'natua belei va'adam mikoyach atzmai ki im mikoyach ha'ha'ara hanimshachalav milmaila be'esus manes galusay. You can't achieve Yera of something that is a concept. In order for it to be Yera, it has to be real. In other words, Hashem needs to show Himself to us so that we should be able to feel him. And Hashem does show himself to us. When? Once a year, Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur, Hashem shows himself to us. Hashem brings his kingship into the world in a way that it's palpable. But, you need to put on glasses in order to be able to see. You need to be in the right spot, in the right frame of mind, in the right focus, so that you should be there. And how do you accomplish that? So the Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur Hashem, showing himself to us, that's the Vidoidi Li, and that's so important for the rest of our year, so that we should have the Aveda the way that we're supposed to the rest of the year. But in order that we should be able to have the proper glasses, the proper perspective, Rak, Shetzarich, Tchila, Laira, Esa, Ava, Viyira, first it's necessary to arouse the love and the fear. In other words, we need to put ourselves into the right frame of mind and frame of vision so that we should be able to see and experience this. This is al This is through the arousal from below during the month of Elul. That's what we said so far. We said so far that it starts from us and through us bringing ourselves to the right spot, that's what allows then that Hashem shows, when Hashem shows Himself to us during Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur, we're able to see it, and this has a lasting effect throughout our year. Now from here, we have a question. If the month of Elul is all about Isarusa de Lesata, How can it be that the month of Elul is a time of such great revelation? And this is something which is very much connected to us being here in Portland. You're saying it's the opposite. Because being in Portland, it's the opposite, exactly. Being in Portland is, what's Portland known as? It's called the City of Roses. You knew that? No. What? Really? I, I don't know why. You go to the... I went to the Rose Garden. I went to a few different places here. I went to Crater Lake, and I saw pictures of Crater Lake before, and I went to Crater Lake, and it was awesome. And the pictures, like, they didn't prepare me for it at all. I went to Smith Rock. 
I saw pictures of Smith Rock and I wondered, like, why even am I going there? And I went there and I didn't want to leave. Um, and then I went to the Rose Garden. I saw pictures of the Rose Garden and it was so beautiful. And I went there and I said, what? <laughs> this is it? Anyways, but Portland is known, right? Am I right? As the city of roses. What's a rose? A rose is 13 petaled, a 13 petaled rose. And that's, we're going to see more later in the Mimer, but the 13 petaled rose is something which is so much connected to the month of Elo, the time when there is Hiskalos, a revelation of this level of 13. Yud Gimel Midas Harachamim. And we're not going to get to it today, but tomorrow we're going to learn what is this Hiskalos. What is this revelation of Yud Gimel Midas Harachamim? What does it mean? What's its practical implication? When you say there's a revelation, you could say anything. The revelation of the Yud Gimel Midas Harachamim means something, and we're going to learn more about what it means. But the Yud Gimel Midas Harachamim are very powerful. I remember as a child, my teacher in Cheder taught that as it says in the Medrash, as it says with regard to the Yud Gimel Midas Harachmim, that Hashem wrapped himself in the talis in, when Moshe Rabbeinu asked him what should be done, and he said, anytime the Yudin are in a situation of sorrow, of difficulty, they could turn to me with these Yud Gimel Midas Harachmim, and I will answer them. If you need something from Hashem, these Yud Gimel Midas Harachmim, and that's why we say them during Tachanon. And we're going to understand that better soon. But the idea of saying it during Tachnan is that when we need to turn to Hashem and say, Hashem, we're yours and you're ours, and that is expressed in the Yud Gimel Midas Arachman. You're likening a rose to the Yud Gimel Midas Arachman. Yes. But a rose also has thorns. The thorns are because uh, it's not so easy to connect it always. We'll talk about it. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about it. But the, the Hiskalos, the, this revelation of Yud Gibel Midas Rachim, is something which is so powerful that it's something which Hashem doesn't turn away from. But the obvious question, like Herschel asked before, is that it seems like two opposites. On the one hand, we're saying that the month of Elul is a time where Hashem shines these Yud Gimel Midas for us in such a love and such an embrace and such a closeness and such a strength. And on the other hand, we're saying that it's all about us. It's all about our Aveda. But this question is in a line without expressing it. All it says in the Mimer is, Vihine Noida Shebe'elul Huzman Yud Gimel Midas It's known Balter Rebbe says, without discussing where, how, when, but it's known that the month of Elul is a time of Hiskalos Yud Gimel Midas The question that I just asked you, the seeming contradiction, how they seem to be two opposites, it doesn't say in the Maimer, but that we have to read between the lines, that we have to understand from this short line of the Maimer. The Maimer asks a different question. And that question that the Maimer asks will help us reach the answer to this question as well. Yes? So, so there's two things that I understand. Mm-hmm. One is how does the, 
the Pachad and the Ra go along with the with the That's one. And then the other is why Yom Kippur is Yom Tov, but the rest of the days of the Lord. Good. So that's the specification. That's the specified question. But the question between the lines, the question that you asked first is a different question I'll, I'll, I'll discuss with you. Okay. But the question that we need to, the real question of this Mimer is, is it a Sarusa de Lasata or is it a Sarusa de Laila? And you see in the Mimerim of the Rebbe, the Rebbe goes back and forth about this, explaining what's the Sarusa de Lasata and what's the Sarusa de Laila. What do we do and what does Hashem do? We're do we have this partnership in the month of Elul? But the month of Elul is a powerful month. It's a time when the 13 Midas are shining, which we'll see more soon. But first, we have a question which the Mimer specifies. And the question which the Mimer specifies is that we know one other time when there is this hiskalus, this revelation of the 13 Midas are And that is... The day of Yom Kippur. The day of Yom Kippur is a time when the 13 Midas Rachmim shine. Now this already gives you a little bit of a clue of how powerful the 13 Midas Rachmim are. Do you remember Ne'ilah by Yom Kippur? How often do you say Yud Gimel Midas Rachmim in Davening? So we in the Sachari, in the Sachsvard as well, we say it twice a day when we say Tachnum. And we say it with such care and such um, trepidation. We only say it if there's a minion, and so on and so forth. It's, it's, it's holy words. It's powerful words. Remember Ne'ilah and Yom Kippur? How often do we say Yud Gilm Mitzrachim and Ne'ilah and Yom Kippur? It's just like we're saying Yud Gilm Mitzrachim again and again and again and again again. We stick in some words in between just so that it shouldn't just be the Yud Gilm Mitzrachim, but we're just repeating Yud Gilm Mitzrachim. Why? Because Ne'ilah is the essence of Yom Kippur, and the essence of Yom Kippur is Yud Gilm Mitzrachim. So if you want to know how powerful Yud Gilm Mitzrachim are, stop and think: What does Yom Kippur mean to you? What does Yom Kippur mean to you? What does Yom Kippur do for you? Yom Kippur is a day where there is slicha v'kapara. Yom Kippur is a day of yichida, a day where we're completely one with Hashem. That's what Yud Gimel Yisrachim is about. Yud Gimel Yisrachim is about a complete unity, oneness between Ayid and his Father in Heaven. That's what's accomplished. That's what's achieved. And that's the result of everything else in Yom Kippur. Now, I want to take a step back. On Shabbos, we don't do melacha. Lametas melachis, we don't do on Shabbos. Why don't we do melacha on Shabbos? What? Good, good. That's 100% correct. But what's the idea behind it? Why on Shabbos don't you do melacha? Why on Yom Tiv is it Asr Bahsiyas melacha? Why did Hashem did, did Hashem tell us that we're not allowed to drive a car on Shabbos? We're not allowed to turn on and off a light. We're not allowed to cook our food. What's the problem? Why do we have to stop all of these things? Isn't Shabbos more enjoyable if you could take an elevator instead of climbing the stairs? Yes. No. no. It's not. Why not? 
It, it feels like it on a chitzayni stick away. Yeah. But it's not. Driving a sports car on Shabbos to the drive-thru is You know the story of the the reform rabbi that on his way to shul on Yom Kippur, he suddenly got a taiva. What was his taiva? He wants to go play golf. <laughs> and he went to the golf course. And he goes to the first, what's it called, hole? The first hole, hole in one. Second, hole in one. Third, hole in one. He's going through the whole course, hole in one, hole in one, hole in one. And the angels in heaven, they're furious. They turn to the Abishter and they say, Zu Teira How could it be that here he's doing such a terrible Avera and he's just having the most perfect game of his life? So the Abishter says, Don't you think I know what I'm doing? This is the worst punishment for him. Who can he tell? Uh, Laugh. Very good. It's true. So, what's the idea of? Conservative. You know what they say that. Uh, the, the rabbis came out, all the rabbis across Judaism came out and they made an edict, and you're not allowed to smoke anymore. The reform rabbis said, you don't have to worry about it. The conservative rabbis, they stopped smoking, but the congregations continued. The orthodox, they all went and sold their lungs to Goyim. <laughs> um, <laughs> so... Where are we holding? Why are you not allowed to do melacha on Shabbos and Yom Tif? Why are you not allowed to do melacha on Shabbos and Yom Tif? What? Because Shabbos and Yom Tif is a time when there is get which is shining in the world. There's holiness, there's godliness, there's spirituality. Do you want to be able to connect to this godliness? And you can't be in the world. Could you imagine, let's say, just to give an example, there is a chasana, a wonderful chasana, a beautiful chasana. You want to be part of that chasana, yeah? If you're going to come to the chasana dressed in your jeans and your t-shirts, you're not part of the chasana. If you want to be part of the chasana, you need to dress up. You need to put on a suit, a tie, shabbos shoes. You need to to present yourself properly. You need to go out of the world into the chasana. If you're going to come in the same way you are outside, you're not going to be there. Shabbos and Yom Tiv, do you want to be there? Do you want to be in Shabbos and Yom Tiv? Or do you want to just wake up and watch your YouTube videos that you do during the week? If you want to be part of Shabbos and Yom Tif, if you want to be able to have the experience, you need to be out of the world. Because there's the world, the Sheishas Yemei Hamasa, the six days of action, of transformation, of building, of investment inside of the world, and there's Shabbos. Shabbos were saying... Let's close the doors to the world. Today we don't go to work. Today we don't wear our weekday clothes. Today we're not involved in everything else.
Today we're experiencing Shabbos. Today we're experiencing Yom Tiv. And you want to be able to be part of that experience. There's an energy which flows on Pesach, an energy of freedom, an energy of breaking limitations. You want to be able to break your own limitations with that energy of God and the truth is shining. You need to tap into it. And that energy is not here. It's here. So you need to go up here in order to be there, to be part of it. And if you're going to be still turning on your light and cooking your food and bustling around, why do the father of the chasana and kala not cook their own chasana? Why do they hire a caterer? Because they want to be able to experience the chasana, right? They want to be part of it. You need to be out of the world in order to be able to experience Shabbos and Yom Tif. But when it comes Yom Kippur, there's a much more powerful level of godliness which is shining. The most powerful godliness. The level which is called Yud Gimel Midas Arachamim. And that's why on Yom Kippur, it's not enough just not to do work. Not to be involved in the world in that way. On Yom Kippur, if you want to be able to experience Yom Kippur, you also have to stop eating, stop drinking, stop being involved in the other things which we don't do on Yom Kippur. Why do you not do them? To suffer chas v'shalem. Why do you not do them? Because on Yom Kippur, you're like an angel. You're like a malach alikim. And if you want to be a malach alikim, malachim don't eat, malachim don't drink. Malachim are in an entirely different sphere. And we are trying to enter into that sphere so that we, on Yom Kippur, David, should be able to connect to that godliness. Now the month of Elul, there is this same Yud Gimel Midas Arachamim, which is shining non-stop for 30 days, not just for one day, for 30 days. And we eat, we drink, we drive cars, we wear jeans, how could we do all of these things if it's Yom Kippur? If it's Yud Gimel Midas Arachmim? That's the question which the Maimar asks. You understand? Good? Clear? Let's see inside. In order to understand this, that on, during Shabbos and Yom Tev you have revelation of godliness the shining of Hashem's godliness it's not just any shining of godliness any shining of godliness you have to separate yourself from the world in order to be able to experience because godliness by definition especially when it's shining on Shabbos and Yom Tev is higher than the world but we're not just talking about any shining of godliness, we're talking about man at a time when there is the shining of the Yud Gimel Midas of the 13 attributes of Hashem's mercy, that they're very, very high. They are that which shines in Yom Kippur. And certainly there's a great difference, a vast difference between Yom Kippur and Elul. Yom Kippur, you're on one extreme, and Elul, you're on the other extreme, just a regular weekday. Achina Yuvan will understand the answer to this. And here's where the mashal of Melech Basada comes in. And this mashal of Melech Basada is coming to answer two questions. Question number one, which is hidden inside of the Maimer, is 
Is it a Sarusa de Lusato or a de Leila? Is it coming from us or coming from God? Question number two, which is specified in the Mimer, which is expressed in the Mimer, is how could it be a time of such great revelation if it's a time when you're just allowed to do whatever you want? And the answer to both of these questions is Alpimashal, according to the analogy of Amalekh, a king. Now the words of this mashal are so precise, and like I told you, that it's broken across. Sometimes people think that when you give an analogy, so an analogy, you could just like throw in whatever you want. You could make it a little bit like this, a little bit like that, because after all, it's just an analogy. The analogy doesn't have to be precise. In Chassidus, we find the opposite, that an analogy has to be so precise, because if it's not precise, it's like putting a key inside of a door that it's missing one little one little uh, leg, one little tooth. If you have a, a, a key which is imprecise, then a key which is imprecise... A key which is imprecise is not able to open the door. A muscle which is missing a tiny little tooth is not able to accomplish what it needs to accomplish. So therefore, sometimes people give over the muscle of Malach Vasada, they add in their own details, they add in their own kunsin. We have to look very carefully, and I need you, as you're learning the Mimer, to think about each way that the Alter Rebbe expresses it, and the Rebbe analyzes it, and to try to appreciate each point of it. Let's read the words carefully, and we'll have to talk about it more tomorrow. According to an analogy, of a king, before he comes to a city, the people of the city go out towards him. Now, over here already, first of all, he's coming into a city. So the king is coming from where? Outside, Outside the city. Where? It's not clear. He's coming into the city. Before he comes to the city. And it says, in the people go out so first of all who are the people who are greeting the king people of the city they're not people of the field they're not people of the field they're people of the city the king is coming from the field the king is coming from the field and the people of the city are going out to greet him where are they going out from it sounds like they're going out from the city you have to think about this carefully they're Anshayir, they're people of the city, they're coming out of the city, but if they're coming out of the city, then it, 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 you have to think about this. But that's what the implication is. They receive him in the field. So they're coming to 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 greet the king in the field. Now the, the main point, these details that I spoke about, you have to think about, but the main point that the Altar is bringing across is that Rasha'in, it's permissible for kol mi anybody who wants, lahak bil panav, to greet the king, as opposed to later when he goes into the city. When he goes into the city, it's not, it's not, what? He's going to go to his palace, he's not going to be accessible anymore, but now in the field, you go over to him, you shake his hand. 
you shake his hand. I remember my uncle, Rabbi Ezra Shachat, telling me once that he was by a chuppah in front of 770, and uh, Aaron Cutler was there also. And the Rebbe was Masada Kedushin by this chuppah. And after the chuppah, Rebbe Aaron Cutler went over to the Rebbe to give him shalom, to shake his hand. My uncle said, I watched Rebbe Aaron shake the Rebbe's hand, and I was sure his hand would burn off on the spot. You go over, shake the Rebbe's hand. How do you shake the Rebbe's hand? But well, I'll tell you a story another time about my, my little brother when he shook the Rebbe's hand. Um, but you, you go and greet the king. Anybody could go over. Anybody could go over and say, Hi, king. And the king responds. The king is there. The king listens. The king hears. Just a second, Gilliam, sorry. And then Rashoin called me Sharetzel Hakbo Panov. And it's not just anyone could go over to him. He's relaxed. He's not the king on his throne with a awesome feeling around him. He's relaxed. He's laughing. He's smiling. He's saying hi. And it's just like it's a relaxed, easy feeling. He's showing a happy face to everyone. And he's he, a laughing face. In other words, he's, he's, he's not making anyone feel uneasy, uncomfortable. This is very much the opposite of how we perceive Elul without the Alter Rebbe, right? Isn't it? When he goes to the city, then then the people of the city follow him. And afterwards, so now they're following him. Then it's just an entourage following him into the city. Then he goes into Heichel Malchusay. This is talking about Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur already. When the king is in his palace. And then he's sitting on his throne. When he's sitting on his throne, he's wearing his royal garments. He's wearing his crown. He has this awesome energy around him. You walk in, you don't bat your eyelash improperly. Because if you bat your eyelash improperly, when you're standing in front of the king, then you're... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just a second. Give me a second. You're, you're doing great. But let me just finish. Ki im bershus, only with permission. Va'afkam zois, even then, hamavcharim shabam v'chidei segula, only special people could go in. So only special people can go in, only with permission, only with a ticket. And the, only then can they go in. V'kacha inyan al derech mashal b'chidesh Elul. This is also similar to the month of Elul. Yaitzin lahakbal arpanav yisbarak basada. We go out to greet the king in the field. Now this is where this term comes from, the king in the field. We don't have time now. We're going to discuss it more, and I'm going to answer your questions now before we finish, but I just want to sum up the point. We asked two questions. Question number one. Question number one, is it? Yes, 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 yes. Question number two. Why is it not a yamtiv? The answer to question number two is it's not a yamtiv because why is it a yamtiv? The yamtiv is to connect to the king. But the yamtiv is to connect to the king when the king is in his awesome place. Then, if you want to go in over there, you got to take a shower, don a suit, brush your teeth, 
You ever heard of such a thing? Um, you, you, you have to prepare yourself in order to be able to go into the king and you have to make sure that you have a ticket in order to be able to go in and you go in at your time, the entrance, etc. When the king is in the field, then you don't need to separate yourself from the world in order to be able to see the king. And we're going to discuss all of this more, but just to bring across the point, and this is also the answer to the more fundamental question, which is hidden, and that is, is it a Sarissa de la a Sarissa de Leila? The answer is, it's not a Sarissa de Leila. When is it a Sarissa de Leila? It's a Sarissa de Leila when you walk into the king and feel awesome, awesome. I don't exist, only the king exists. But when you go over to the king, you put your arm around him, your buddy, buddy, hey king, how's it doing? How, 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 how's everything going? Then, it's not a surah of the la'ila. It's about you. It's about your feeling. So the answer to the two questions are hinged on each other and they're both hidden inside of this analogy even though the answers are not specified in the Mimer. And again, we need to discuss all of this more and we still need to understand what does it mean that it's a time of Hiskalus Yud with the king in the field. Okay? Two questions, Gilly and Shai. You're good? Uh, so, to be understood it right, so the field is like a month of the lul, and basically the idea is that anybody, it's easier to, the king is more accessible in this time of the year, just like in the field where anybody could uh, talk to him, it's more, uh, more, more approachable, whereas in the rest of the year it's also approachable, but it's, yes, it's a little bit but more... Yes, but nevertheless, uh, yeah. it's the most intense revelation mm-hmm. of the king, much more than any other time during the year. Similar to the revelation which takes place in Yom Kippur, but in Yom Kippur it's another extreme. <coughs> so we have to understand what that means. Why is it and first Bereshus and then and then Yom Kippur? Because it should be the other one. Only Yechid Eskula can go in, and even then only Bereshus. Um, good question. Let's still think about it. Could another muscle be um, kind of relating to events? of the coronation of the King of England, whereby the, the month of Elul is kind of the time leading up to his coronation, and then the Yom the, Yom the, Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, those are his actual coronation, where Absolutely. he gets garbed with every, like all his regalia. And all Absolutely, the, and the time leading up, usually you, you, he's going out, he's meeting people, he's like... So that people will will make, and then during the coronation, you don't have every Joe Schmo walking over to him and uh, shaking his hand, right? Okay, good.